Should you use playlists to promote your music on Spotify? The short answer is no, but also yes. Let me explain. What's up, guys? It's Tom. Welcome back to the lab and welcome back to my life. Spotify playlists. This is a question I get a lot still to this day, even though a lot of my videos recently have been on advertising, direct marketing through Facebook ads, I still get asked about playlists a lot. And I genuinely believe that Spotify playlists still have a place in your music marketing strategy, but you've got to think about it from the right direction. Let's talk about direction A. Direction A is you submit your music to Spotify playlists. You go through any one or multiple of a number of platforms that exist out there, some of them free, some of them paid, some of them very, very paid, and you submit your track and you get feedback for the track and you pay money or you don't, depending on what you use, and you uh, put your song out there to get reviewed by playlisters and hopefully added to their playlist so that you can get more streams and more listeners, right? Well, the problem with this strategy is that it's coming at it from the opposite direction that you should be thinking about it. So when you go to a big playlist, let's say you're trying to get your track on a playlist that's got 100,000 followers, um, and you get your track on that playlist, and that's a big win in the playlisting arena. I got my song on a playlist that has 100,000 listeners. Awesome. Go team. The issue with that is that most of those listeners on that playlist are not likely to pull your song and save it into their own library and then listen to it there. They're probably just going to consume your music on that playlist and not convert to longtime listeners or long-term listeners. And they're not going to follow your account either. They're just going to listen to your song in the context of all the other music around it, and it's not really going to benefit you in the long term. And then on top of that, the playlist is likely to remove your song from the playlist after a given amount of time, sometimes a week, sometimes two, sometimes a month. In very, very rare cases, you might have a playlist that keeps your song on there for a long time. And if that happens, that's great, but it's very, very rare. The odds of a high percentage outcome are very low given the amount of time, effort, and money that you're probably putting into trying to go about getting on playlists out of the gate as the initial step in your marketing strategy. But what about option B? Coming at playlists from option A is coming at it from the end, the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's talk about option B, which is coming at it from the long tail perspective. Getting on these high traffic, high listener playlists is a great goal to have, but you need to go through a bunch of compounding steps first before you worry about getting on these playlists. And that's where direct marketing comes in. That's where Facebook ads come in. And that's one of the reasons I'm so bullish on the topic is because I recognize the power of this direct marketing tool to ultimately end you up on these high traffic playlists that you ultimately want to be on. And you're gonna spend probably a similar amount of money as you would spend submitting to this big playlist or these multiple big playlists. However, that spend, that money is going to be aggregated across a bunch of different levels of compounding and leverage that are going to get you to this playlisting point. So to walk through that cycle, spend your money on ads, you pay your money to market directly to listeners and potential fans of what you're doing. If done well, it will follow this cycle. You'll get a great release week. You will trip the release radar algorithm that algorithmic push from that playlist will increase 
your leverage in the market and spread your influence wider to more people that you did not have to pay to access. So you're paying your money to access this group at first. Release Radar will push it out to this group and you didn't have to pay to access all those extra people. Spotify did that work for you for free. After that, if your song does well here, it will get pushed out again to Discover Weekly. And once again, that marketing is free. Spotify does that for you for free based on the performance of the song. So there are two levels now that you've gotten to that you've gotten for free in terms of marketing that you did not have to pay for. You only had to pay for this initial investment of reaching this core group of people who liked your song to begin with and helped to push it out these successive levels. After that, if you get the good release radar push, the good discover weekly push, both of which are free to you, and your song continues to perform well, you will get on the standard, the gold standard, right? The editorial playlist. And this is where all these other playlists will come into play. So what happens is your song does well with the core group you spend your money on. It does well enough to get to release radar. It does well on release radar, it goes to Discover Weekly. It does well enough on Discover Weekly, it goes to algorithmically generated editorial playlists. If it does well there, or any semblance of well there, all of these other big playlists that are around Spotify, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 followers, they are watching these editorial playlists. And a very large percentage of the artists and songs that they have on their playlists come from these algorithmically generated editorial playlists. Now, there are also editorial playlists that are not algorithmically generated that look at the performance of a song on these algorithmically generated editorial playlists. By getting through your initial marketing, release radar, discover weekly, algorithmically generated editorials, now you have pure editorials without any algorithm and user generated playlists all looking at the performance of your song. You've reached a level where your song is now visible to all these other tastemakers. And a lot of these uh, individually curated playlists are in many ways carbon copies of what's doing well on Spotify already. If you wanna be a successful playlister, you have to have music that people like. And a great way to do that is to pull a lot of the songs from playlists that people are already listening to. So you load your playlist up with 80% songs from these playlists that are guaranteed to do well, and then you can add the remaining 20% with uh, platforms that artists are submitting their music to, and you can supplement in and try to put in some of your own flavor in there to make your playlist unique, but you've got your cornerstones, your anchors that are gonna make that playlist perform well. And if you do your research, you'll realize that a lot of these playlists that are user-generated, they even go so far as to have similar artwork, similar playlist names to the editorial playlist. So, all of the eyes are on these editorial playlists. If you spend your money here and you do a great job of spending it and you have a great song, all of these other levels will appear to you for free based on the performance of your music. So when you come at it from this side and you just go straight to the user-generated playlist, the individual playlist, and try to promote your song on a platform, you're spending all of your budget on this. If you start down here, and you go through the compounding interest cycle of getting on each successive level that Spotify opens to you for free, you spend your money on people who are pretty much guaranteed, if you do your targeting right, to like your music, 
rather than this whole swath of people who are tastemakers and curators who aren't guaranteed to like your music. Your audience here you've identified is probably going to be interested in what you're doing. Submitting to playlisters over here aren't guaranteed to like anything you do. In fact, the playlisting rate is probably far lower on this side of things than if you go direct to consumer on this end of things. And then lastly, in addition to getting through all of these levels of playlisting, you also have this really amazing long tail organic granular growth in the form of individual playlists made by individual users that they listen to in their own libraries. So I might find a song that I really love, put it in a playlist of my own that I haven't shared with anybody, and I listen to it all the time because that's my playlist. It's the songs that I like and I love your song. And so it's now it's in my playlist. And if I like it a lot, I'm likely to share the song with my friends and to tell them about it. And that one-on-one -on -one engagement, that recommendation, that is the engine that drives discovery of new music. And that is the engine that drives growth as an artist. So when you go straight to playlists, you miss out on all of that one-on-one -on -one engagement and friends telling each other about your song and stuff. It may happen but the odds are really low. If you go this side, the odds are very high that you're going to capitalize not just on that granular activity, but also those successive levels of playlisting options and growth as your song goes through the ranks. And that's it for this episode of Sounds of the Future. Uh, as always, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or just curious about some of the ways I use direct marketing to market my music, uh, feel free to hop on YouTube and ask me in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, link is in the description of this episode, or you can find me on Instagram as well and just shoot me a DM. Uh, this is one of the reasons I'm particularly bullish on direct marketing as opposed to playlisting now for 2021. And it's why I've decided to only use direct marketing for all of my marketing for my music in uh, 2021. So I hope it helps. Any questions, hit me up. And as always, thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.